Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, the show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology with the top five news stories to get your day started. Today is May 17th. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. Today, we're going to be discussing more layoffs at Cook Medical, as well as some FDA approval news from Abbott and a new study that Philips says shows its recalled CPAPs are unlikely to cause harm. First things first, how are you doing today, Sean? I'm doing well, Danielle. Another another big day full of news. Uh, how about you? I am also doing well. There's a lot going on today. Good and okay news, so definitely definitely all ends of the all ends of the spectrum. With that being said, what is the first thing we need to know to get our day started? First bit of news is that Intuitive Surgical announced executive changes, so a slight reshuffle at the top for leader in surgical robotics, but it, all told it seems like a positive change. And so, as you mentioned, this is, I mean, this is a big robotic surgery company. So whose roles exactly were changed? So Dave Rosa, who most recently served as executive vice president and chief strategy and growth officer is now Intuitive's president. Uh, So promotion for, for Rosa and Bob DeSantis, who was most recently serving as executive vice president and chief product officer, now takes over in the newly created role of executive vice president and chief strategy and corporate operations officer. And Intuitive said this is all part of a larger scheme in terms of it, its continued effort to expand around the globe. Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like these changes reflect the company's commitment to innovation and strategic leadership. So what exactly will Rosa be responsible for now in this new president role? Rosa is now responsible for leading Intuitive's product, digital, quality, regulatory, supply chain, manufacturing, and commercial teams. So He's got quite a big umbrella to work over, but uh, he'll oversee the company's core business and help driving product, digital, and commercial excellence and delivering on strategies and goals. That's what Intuitive said. Interesting. And what will DeSantis be responsible for? So DeSantis now leads the strategic planning, operational structure, and management aspects at Intuitive. And both are continuing to report to Gary Guthart, who remains the CEO. And all executive leadership changes go into effect immediately. So the news release went out, I believe, at 8 a.m. this morning, Eastern time. So they've these are their first their first day we're talking about. Nice. These executive changes could bring a fresh perspective and maybe drive further advancement in robotic surgery. So this will be interesting to see. What else do we need to know to get the day started? The FDA approved Abbott's spinal cord simulation devices for non-surgical back pain. So the company's technology now has expanded labeling to potentially help treat more people. So what exactly does the FDA approval cover? It expands the labeling to include treatment of chronic back pain in those who have not had or are not eligible to receive back surgery, also known as non-surgical back pain. New indication spans the entirety of Abbott's spinal cord stimulation portfolio in the U.S. So that includes the recharge-free Proclaim spinal cord stimulation family and the rechargeable Eterna spinal cord stimulation platform. And I know yesterday we talked about spinal cord stimulation as an alternative for pain management. So it sounds like this is kind of a trend toward opiate-free pain management or just reducing the use of pain medication. So, and I know this FDA approval was based on study results, but what did those study results prove? Right. Abbott said that results from its distinct study supported the label expansion by demonstrating improved pain levels with Abbott's proprietary Burst DR spinal cord stimulation technology, which is a proprietary low energy Burst DR waveform, as Abbott described it, and it's included in all of the company's U.S. spinal cord stimulation therapies. It also showed an enhanced ability to perform daily activities in the patients who used it and emotional well-being in those with chronic back pain. So altogether, 
pretty solid results from the study and you can see why the FDA would agree to expand the labeling. Yeah, for sure. It sounds like this approval could offer new hope and improve quality of life for many individuals living with this debilitating back pain. So how optimistic are doctors? Well, Dr. Timothy Deere, the president and CEO of the Spine and Nerve Centers of the Virginias in Charleston, West Virginia, said in a news release today that to date, Doctors have struggled with how to treat people who weren't considered a good surgical candidate because they didn't have clear data-driven treatment options for non-surgical back pain. And the new indication for Abbott's devices, together with the Burst DR stimulation technology, allows the physicians to identify and treat a new group of people to provide them relief from chronic back pain. Awesome. Now on to some more surgical robotic news. Smith and Nephew unveiled a duo of AI-powered surgical robotics tools. So some more good news for the company's robot-assisted knee surgery platform. And what is the overarching purpose of these new products? Well, their purpose is to transform data into contextual intelligence to enable surgeons to see how preoperative plans, interoperative decisions link to postoperative outcomes. So essentially across the entire care continuum, it closes the feedback loop for Smith & Nephew's robotics and digital surgery platforms, according to the company. Interesting. I've said it once and I'll say it again. There's just more technology coming out that is kind of reducing the fatigue that surgeons face and a lot of the workflows. So what are some of the features of these new products? Right. Well, so the personalized planning and RI insights are the two products names. They enable surgeons to reference individual case performance and benchmark data against an anonymized global database. It gives surgeons a simple and effective way to link patient-reported outcomes to planning and decisions in robot-enabled knee replacements, and it features surgeon-specific dashboards for analyzing procedure data that includes case times, resections, and alignment, and ligament tensioning. So altogether, like you said, lightening the workload for surgeons. Interesting. And it sounds like surgeons can potentially achieve better patient outcomes and reduce surgical complications while also optimizing those surgical workflows. More specifically, what do these two new products do, especially in relation to Smith & Nephew's surgical robotics platform? Right. Well, the personalized planning and RI insights help expand the capabilities of the Cori robotic surgery system for knee replacement. It enables surgeons to set the initial implant placement within total knee arthroplasty procedure so they can base it on the artificial intelligence guided reference values, their own planning preferences for implants, and patient-specific deformities. So it seems like it offers them a lot of flexibility. And Smith and Nephew said that its AI-powered enhancements enable customizable planning both to surgeon preferences and patient anatomy. Interesting. As always, we will keep everyone updated on surgical robotics in this space. We always have a roundup going on on MassWise and always some robotic surgery news as well. So now onto some more news that we've been tracking since this recall started. Right. Yeah. It's almost two years now, I believe, but Philips released the de details of a, an independent study showing that it's recalled CPAPs and respiratory machines are unlikely to cause appreciable harm to patients. So the third-party study found some interesting results related to the recall that uh, we've obviously heard so much about over the past couple of years. For sure. And what did those study results prove? Well, the results showed that effectively there were varying degrees of foam degradation, even some severe, which was the cause behind the recall. We knew that. Uh, the initial understanding was that the particles of those particular foams could harm patient health. But according to Phillips and this independent study, these particles likely won't cause appreciable harm to patient health, even with the degrading foam. So quite the quite the turn, I would say, given that over the past two years, we've been watching this unfold and just to, under the impression that these 
devices were recalled for causing patient harm. I agree. The recall obviously has caused some concerns, and this study kind of indicates that the risk of harm could be minimal and users could continue using their CPAP machines with confidence. But what did the CEO have to say? Well, CEO Roy Jacobs said that the company's first priority remains the health and well-being of patients. And he noted that the test and research program offers what he called clarity on safety and helps as the company continues to provide replacement devices to patients. He was quoted as saying the third-party risk assessments for the sleep therapy devices are positive and reassuring, and we are making good progress with the remediation of the affected devices. The relevant competent authorities, including the FDA, still reviewing the test results and assessments, and the company shares the same objective to ensure safety and quality in the delivery of healthcare. So, you know, uh, you understand based on what the study says, why he would be optimistic about, I guess, the future of this recall and the issue. Uh, obviously, there remains this FDA review that he mentioned and definitely some, some scrutiny over what those numbers look like. This is some interesting risk management that the company is obviously undergoing. Did the company provide any guidance for providers of the CPAPs? Yeah, the company said that it still has more testing to perform on certain devices, but continues to tell patients to that are using a affected sleep therapy device currently that has yet to be remediated or registered, they should register their devices as soon as possible to facilitate that remediation. And the company continues to advise patients using non-remediated devices to contact their physician or care provider to help them decide on a suitable treatment, which could include stopping or continuing use of the affected device, obviously, depending on what the physician decides and how the patient feels. And I suppose, you know, what Phillips continues to give as guidance, but the company says that they should continue to follow instructions, especially with recommended cleaning and replacement guides. Ozone and UV light cleaning remain unapproved as methods for these devices and masks and all those things. So patients should not use those methods to clean their devices is uh, Philip's overall advice or suggestions to users. Interesting. We should note that we do have a timeline on the Mass Device website that outlines kind of basically every step that the company has taken since the first recalls have occurred. So definitely go to massdevice.com and check that out. As usual, we will keep covering any of the recall news that comes out of Philips or any of the updates and remediation. So that timeline is still relatively active. So I, I believe uh, the, these news pieces will continue to be added as they come as well. And that segues into our last notable news for the day. We continue to cover layoffs and we have another one to announce. That's right. Cook Medical is laying off 500 workers amid strategic realignment. So it's a shame to hear this one. Uh, Obviously, we're not quite out of the woods as the latest layoff hits among a trend of Certainly the last year or so, there's been a lot in the industry. So here's another. Yeah, this kind of highlights the dynamic nature of the medical device industry and the need to make strategic adjustments to ensure long-term success and competitiveness. But what segments of Cook Medical will the layoffs affect? Or maybe the better question is who will remain following the layoffs? Well, the company said that the layoffs will not affect manufacturing assemblers or hourly employees in the distribution centers. And that, as far as I know, is all we have on the specifics of who might be affected. We also know from the Herald Times in Bloomington, Indiana, reported that 123 of the jobs are being eliminated in Indiana. That is more than a fifth of the jobs involved in this layoff. And a spokesperson also said that it was not a response to market conditions, but rather a strategic realignment to address the company's five-year plan. Layoffs can be challenging for employees, and this realignment could position Cook Medical for future growth and innovation and allow them to better meet the evolving needs of patients and healthcare providers. 
What did the CEO have to say? Well, Cook Medical President Pete Youngman described the layoffs as the most difficult decision we've had to make in support of our strategy. The last several years have brought significant change to customers' supply chain the way Cook Medical works, Youngman said. So to ensure that the company is positioned to be successful in this new world, global leadership teams have implemented a new five-year vision and a strategic plan informed by extensive feedback from customers, employees, and leadership teams. So it sounds like uh, the layoffs are just part of the way Cook Medical sees its business or the industry going in the next five years. Interesting. Well, that's all we have for today. Once again, thank you for coming on and giving us your expertise and thank you for all of your reporting. My pleasure. And uh, it's always worth noting that you can read more on the Mass Device website and check out previous episodes at massdevice.com slash podcast. You can connect with us online as well. I'm on Twitter at Danielle underscore Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H, and the same name on LinkedIn. Where can the people find you, Sean? You can connect with me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mastifies Fast Five wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us Thursday for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.